Hello. Okay. Can you hear me? There it is. Yay. Hey. What, what happened there? I don't know. I might have, maybe I hit don't access my microphone on accident or something mm. weird. Um, how are you? Well, a lot, as you know, my life is always an adventure. Yes. Oh, something always happens. <laughs> Where do you want me to start? It's been a long time since I talked to you. I know. Are you currently in California? I am currently in California. I was going into the military. Right. And now I am chosen to stay in Reading. Stay in Reading? Yeah. Okay. I'm staying in and Reading then you would text something about um, moving to like Wisconsin? Yeah. I was going to do that too. And today I decided that I was going to stay in Reading. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, if you want me to update, uh -huh. uh, military um, was just something I did to control my future. Mm. Um, and I wanted, and, and I didn't give space for God to really take over. Okay. But so I surrendered the military so that he was the one that was in, in control of my will mm -hmm. as I chose his. I chose his presence over my future. Wow. Basically. And then uh, I was encouraged to go to Wisconsin or to apply to a job in Wisconsin. And it was looking really good. And it was everything I wanted to do. And um, God, I think, wanted to remind me of the hope that I have in, like, my heart for mm -hmm. his people. Because, like, it was a pastoral job. Right. And they were going to pay for my master's degree. He also showed me that I have a love for study. Mm -hmm. um, and he wanted me to remind me, like, I love, part of my adventure is, is my love for knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and he wants me to discover him in it. And then Wisconsin is also my love for adventure, like, just to travel. Yeah. And he's recentering me in, like, these areas in my life, what I what he wants me to do with him, what he, what he wants me to adventure with him and where he wants me to adventure with him, I should say. Yeah. And then, um, what's the last one? Shoot. <laughs> no, that's um, awesome. That makes sense. So what, what yeah. adventure will you have in California? In Reading now? Um, well, it's just doing all those things. So like I wanted to be a pastor or I have a pastoral heart, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I have a pastoral heart. I love people, and I love seeing people whole. Right. And I can do that anywhere. Right. And, um, there's something about being rooted that he wants me to, to sit in still. And I've only been here for a year and a half, and, and I was like, I'm good. I'm going to leave now. Actually, I actually cried. Mm -hmm. I cried when I was like, I'm leaving. I don't uh -huh. want to leave. Uh-huh. I can't um, believe you've been there that long. Because when I first met you, you were in New York. So I know. in my mind, like you've only been in Reading for like three months. But I guess <laughs> pandemic time, it's longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I'm from Reading too. So right, right. Our word today is like Peter. There's something about what Peter knows about the seas. Mm. Stepping into faith a lot harder, like. 
he was he was raised in the seas. He was raised in the waters, and so he knows the raging, the the like the risk right. of walking on water. And he still chose <laughs> to walk. You know, right? So, there, there's something about being familiar with the space and how much more faith it takes for us to like lean into uh, where he's calling you. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of that symbology God wants to give me in Reading. Because I know this place. I planted a lot of seeds here. And, yeah. um, you know, I love the people I've, I've created a relationship with. Um, yeah. So Wisconsin, that was Wisconsin. Oh, the scholarship piece. I mean, this is how he wants me to do it. So he's sitting in his word. Um, oh, let me think here. Yeah. Military Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Master's degree. I was going to get a master's degree in ministry leadership. And with uh, emphasis on pastoral counseling. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's just something about like, I just, and it's not, it doesn't feel like pride. It just feels like, it feels like uh, hunger. I'm hungry to be, to be activated. Yeah. And I was told like, you know, I feel like a lot of Christian, the Christian faith is a snowball effect. Mm. You don't just and sometimes, sometimes you just like become a big snowball. So other <laughs> times, right? Other times you start out small, and it's those small things that slowly turns into a big one. Um, right, or snowman. Yeah, or snowman. <laughs> so, I, I, I feel it. You know, I got the, I got a word with uh, from a friend from like a spiritual mom of mine yesterday, and she was, mm. she was asking me like. Can you can you think of any biblical characters where God asked them to wait and told them not yet? And I was thinking of David when when she asked me that question and how David had an opportunity to kill Saul to be king. Mm-hmm. God is like, that's not the way. That's not right. how I want it. And I think him wanting to stay in Reading is him saying, not not this way. Right. I don't want to give you your title this way. So, well, also there's like when a tree is planted, if it keeps like getting uprooted, you know, like it has a harder time to like grow as yeah. big as it could. Right. So there is something yeah. to be said for putting down deeper roots for, you know, a little bit longer, at least um, it, yeah. can, it can build, build something that you couldn't build if you just, you know, were pursuing other adventures in other places. Of course, some yeah. people are, you know, called, I suppose, to travel even more and, to, you know, at different things but um mm-hmm. but yeah i think there's something to be said for staying mm-hmm. that god blesses when you could go but um you choose to you know heed his voice and stay yeah but. yeah i mean the, the the wild thing about all of this too is that i've been saving a lot of money so i have i have money right now to travel to brazil and i'm like god can i go can i go to brazil <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but, oh man, he is faithful still. Yeah, for um, sure. But I'm here in, uh, I don't know how long, but the, that, that analogy you gave the trees rooted in like planting is always something that I'm like, I've attached myself to. And I know that. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that it's just like, to me, it's always been, it's a choice. Wherever I go, I have to choose. Yeah. 
and I never, I never chose Reading. I would always like, I always try to choose somewhere else so I could get out of Reading, but I never chose Reading. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some, there's maturity in being rooted. And I think yeah. like I was reading a book on emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. You still there? For 20 years of our life. Mm. Huh? Oh, I think you cut out for a second. Yeah, I'm here. I got it, yeah. Um, you can be a Christian for 20 years of your life, but still be a first-year Christian. Wow. And, I mean, a lot of that has to do with, like, emotional health and contemplative prayer. But, like, if you're not rooted with people who are have moved forward beyond you and not, like, listening, seeking them. Right. Um, there's no growth. So... I'm here and I'm, and I'm asked to be here. Well, that's Um, why um, I um, am excited about, I sent you the title of that book, Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. Or I sent you the title of it, I think. Uh, I texted you. Um, But it's a really good book about, you know, adventure and living the life that God gives you for, you know, for meaning, right? We all have that desire for meaning um and purpose and i think it's it it's um it's really good to try and to see you know what god's doing for sure and join him in that yeah yeah no i need that i'll have to read it i'm uh i'm reading a lot of books right now (laughs) (laughs) i just got out of a breakup did i tell you i was seeing someone um how long uh, we were seeing each other for like three months. Okay. Yeah. And then she broke up with me two and a half months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was so that? It? Was that, did it feel okay? Or did it feel like premature to break up? I think it, I think it was meant to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was meant to be, but she's. What hurts on my end is that it feels like she she just has a lot of healing to do. Um, and I and I kind of like I put salt in the wound, I think, and I used and without realizing it, I used I used her her hurt mm. to satisfy my hurt. Wow. And we didn't we didn't realize that's what was going on until like until the end. Mm. And which it was really, it was really, it's just, this is so, so ironic because when she, she figured it out, she figured out that she was, that's where we were at around the same time I figured out that's where we were at. And huh. I turned back to the father and she turns huh. back to the father. But our decision to move forward were like opposite sides of the spectrum. I was like, okay, this is what I did. I need to repent. And this is what we can do to move forward and still like, and like and heal together right right and she's like this is what happened i need to heal i need to get out of this relationship uh-huh. and so that i can focus on where i'm at with god and so i was i was because i was i mean i think that's just a normal like female male dynamic when it comes to like the pain and the hurt like the guy wants to fix it and the girl wants to protect themselves by you know, running away. 
Hmm. Um, not even running away by severing ties would be a better way to say it. Running away sounds so terrible. It sounds like she's running from <laughs> a, 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 what is the word? A kidnapper or something. Right. Well, to me, uh, it sounds more like you're more of a, a sweet golden retriever and she's probably more like a cat and cats go away by themselves to lick their wounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I think everybody, I think every personality is kind of different, you know, like too. Yeah. I, we have the same INFJ, right? So I, yeah. I hear what you're saying for sure. But it's, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's hard to see, see what's, what's really going on here. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, I'm an I'm an eccentric introvert. So like, <laughs> you know, I come off as like reserved, and, uh -huh. but also um, open. Right. Like I'm private, but I will give myself to you. Right. Right. Which is really really funny and interesting. Like, yeah. But I've learned a lot. I learned a lot from the relationship. And That's good. But you got married. I did after so long of being, you know, single. And I'm a big proponent of, you know, single people and singleness. But um, yeah, and definitely feel, you know, the pain of breakups for sure. Had my share. But um, yeah. God is faithful for, sh you know, like there's it's it's so easy in the middle of it to like doubt and to not know what's happening or where you're going or just feel like it's all foggy you know and then yeah. you come out of it and you're like oh this is what all that was for yeah <laughs> like it, I mean I'm 40 right so like yeah. I've had had some years of of feeling like things were pretty you know um dismal and dark and out dreary of right not that you know it was good it was purposeful for sure and yeah. i didn't i wasn't just sitting around eating bonbons and watching netflix but um mm -hmm. but i feel like it was yeah i got married in in april and it's been i guess a little over four months um so we're we signed we just signed up for a marriage conference because when you're single you're not allowed into marriage conferences <sighs> And so Stop. I'm like, I want to go. I want to know what this is all about. That's funny. <laughs> um, but um, my uh, my husband has been to them before because he has a he his wife died, so they they went to um, marriage conferences before. But um, yeah. but he um, he was like, uh, there's gonna be a lot of grumpy people there because people sometimes are forced to go. Oh. Um, <laughs> so like half the people there might not be happy to be forced to be at a marriage conference i'm excited because i'm like this is the first time i've been allowed in this place <laughs> uh, you'll be the light you'll be the light of the conference right <laughs> well, yeah it. there's probably not a ton of newlyweds that go to marriage conferences anyways we're not having problems right. i just i just want to go and see what what it's all about so yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna be a fun romantic weekend i suppose of writing love letters to each other or whatever oh gosh I'm done. <laughs> those are the parts man i love i we did a lot of that kind of stuff for my ex. um but like you know being single i like vomit like oh <laughs> i know and then once you you are married then it's you know then you know what it's all about too yeah yeah Resist, resist. 
Oh man, it's good though. It's good. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that was like a whole like year and a half process. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys were sure. seeing each other, and then you were like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going like going toward marriage." And then uh-huh. here you guys are now. That was like you guys got married in March. April. We were engaged April. like two and a half months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's normal for Christians. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> well, and it's. I mean, I feel like, and I moved to Arkansas, right? I moved from Seattle to Arkansas last October. Yeah. So it's been yeah. it's it's been a slow process, but a fast process. But at the same time, it's something I've thought about or been preparing for. I think subconsciously for years, right? Like. Yeah. Um, so when it was time, it was, I was ready to go, but, um, but God gives you grace for the season you're in as well. Right. And for what you're called to. So not everybody would enjoy, I suppose, what I've done or my life or, you know, where I'm going, but I've enjoyed it. And that's all that really matters. Mm. (laughs) Um, so you know, if you can get grace for where you're at, then, then who cares what other people would do or think. Right. But, um, (laughs) It's comparison is definitely the, the killer of all joy, but, um, but like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting new season, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't be happier. Um, although the other night there was two, like, um, we were going to bed and I was staying up later because I was watching America's Got Talent. And so, because I love that show. And then we, I looked over the the Parmesan guy. Oh my gosh, he was crazy. Um, <laughs> he was absolutely nuts. But I like yeah. the pants guy. I thought he was funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you see him? You see the pants the, guy? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the pants guy. The Parmesan guy is way better. Oh well, they're in the both of them are in the finals. So. Um, what? No. Yes, that's what we're on the, right now. We're in the finals. The Parmesan guy is in the finals. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh no. You... <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. So you gotta much. look it up. It's on I've been watching it on Hulu. Um oh, yeah, I'll yeah. look it up. But um it's it's hilarious. Um yeah. but I looked over at the carpet and I happened to be staying up later than usual. And I so if I'd been asleep, I wouldn't have seen uh um uh what's it called the parmesan guy no the thing coming across the carpet um i don't even vacuum no (laughs) townsend what's it called scorpions we saw two scorpions on the gosh ronda (laughs) and i started freaking out but um yeah my husband killed them because he is this big strong man and um, he probably deals with scorpions a lot. I don't know, but they're like rampant here in Arkansas, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so they're dead. But um, and then you call the, you know, the pest guys back and tell them to respray. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> so but it's just, you know, it's grace for the season, right? Not everybody wants to deal with scorpions, but um, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but I'm OK, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger (laughs) (coughs) there it is but 
how's your book going? Um, so <coughs> I'm hoping this weekend to be able to um, work on it. It's harder. Well, that's not true. It's not harder. It's just you have to find time. I work now like 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Uh, Monday, okay. Friday, because I'm Pacific time worker, right? So I oh. it's just I have to retrain my brain to to write in the morning. I just can't write in the morning, but that's when I have time. So <laughs> three-day weekend, so I'm hoping I can get back to writing, especially with what the editor that I had met with said. So I need to, like, implement her stuff and try and, like, get this done. But yeah. um, it's just... I mean, it's fantasy and surreal um, is the genre, right? So, right. and it's a story, you know, with a main character that I need right. to, you know, and it's more, it's geared towards middle grade <laughs> um, kids um, as the readership or whatever. So I need to, there's just certain things that you have to have in a book that's geared towards middle grade, right? So, yeah little kids have to be able to follow this character and like any any story you need to like like the character want them to succeed want to know what happens and then you need to have you know the anyways there's a lot of stuff that has to happen within the first 10 percent, which the editor goes over right so she's like this needs to be happening in the first 10 percent. you got this you know happening in the like halfway through but we don't even understand why that what that is so it needs to be moved up so i got things that need to be moved up in the story so that it's understandable and people, you know, want to read it. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, I listen to, there's some like a creative live app. Have you ever heard of that creative live? But they no, have, there's classes on there and some are free and some you can just listen to like one or two class lessons or whatever. But there's a, a, a class on there called wired for story by Lisa Cron. Um, and the, my um, editor was like, you've got to listen to this. This will help. And it really is a really good, like, just, um, I don't know how many lessons it is, but you just watch it on the app. And then it's like eight, eight or nine lessons. And this lady talking about how to write a story, <laughs> basically, which we're all living a story. But for some reason, sometimes it's hard to, like, imagine up a new story that nobody's ever thought of before. And have it actually make sense and be interesting, right? Yeah. So, um, but you're on your third book. I'm on my third book. I am. How does that feel? <laughs> um, I'm. Well, I took a break on it because I started writing a nonfiction book. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. I have four nonfiction book ideas that I want to write. Nice. And God kind of put on my heart to start writing this one. So I'm going to see where it goes. I'm on, I've been, I've been at it with this book though. And it's kind of like, it's kind of a beast. I have four chapters left, thankfully. So wow. Um, I'll be done. I'll be done soon. And I will feel at peace. <laughs> now remind me, are you a plotter or a pantser? <laughs> Uh, I'm a pantser. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm both. I, I think I'm both. Oh, okay. I know I'm a plotter. I, I definitely, okay. So with my, with my nonfiction, I'm, I'm a pantser. I just like, right. Um, uh. but with, with, uh, my trilogies, I'm a, I'm a planner. I'm a plotter. 
Uh-huh. I have I have a plot and a timeline and a saga interconnected within the timeline of each book all planned out and the plots of all these stories are all planned out and I just have to write them. Wow. I didn't I thought I told you that. I told you that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so what time of day do you like writing the best? Or do you are you one of those good disciplined people who can write or make yourself write at the same time every day? Um yeah, I'm not disciplined. I kind of just <laughs> I write when I have the time to, but, but yeah. I love it. Like it's not like I don't I don't have the the problem of like, "Oh, I have to write." I like go to bed excited to write the next day. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll like I'll make the time and I'll find the time. Right. Kind of thing. So, yeah, I spend I'll sometimes spend I'll spend my time on my workshop writing the entire workshop. So, <laughs> that is the kind of writer that I yeah. am. Right. Don't tell my boss. Yeah. It sounds uh, like um I listened to the audiobook um on writing by Stephen King and it's about yeah. his his process, his life. It was really fascinating though, but he's, you know, he's definitely writing every day, right? He's got Yeah. He's got things down on how to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's written a bunch of books. <laughs> Right. I can take inspiration from that for sure. Like, okay, he can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Um, I just, I, a part of me wants to like finish this nonfiction book and, and be like, yeah, I finished this in one month. Give me a contract so I can create more quality work for you and just have my entire life be an author. Right. Oh, I would love that. I would love that job. I would love to just like get paid to work or to write or right. just like having passive income where my books are the ones that are self like providing for me. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I'm at with all of that. So what's your nonfiction book about? Uh, so it's, I'm going to title it Matt making through a broken heart. Hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just on how, you know, when a lot of it, you know who Brene Brown is? Uh-huh. So a lot of it is like on Brene Brown stuff like with shame culture and mm-hmm. how shame narratives has cultivated our sin. Mm-hmm. It's what it's what makes us do hurt hurtful things, um, right. manipulative things and um and so like the healing process is unraveling the shame so that we can be so that we can find our our heart and then accept that side of ourselves instead of accept the shame because the reality is when we want something we we can be wrongly shamed for desiring it so then we protect mm. others right. or we protect ourselves from others um by manipulating um what is the other ones pleasing or uh or like uh, perfecting ourselves in order to not feel the shame anymore. Mm, and so uh-huh. uh, I really liked that idea. I like, I really liked that case study. And I think the only thing missing is Jesus. Mm. So a lot of my processing is unraveling the emotional health aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And um bringing contemplative prayer 
into into the mitts because like and, and truth really yeah so like I read a lot right and a lot of it is non-fictional self-help books and I found a lot of patterns in contemplative prayer that is synonymous to emotional health and I kind of like the writing is really more for me in the healing process yeah but it's like a desire for me to cement my faith in him Mm. and the work that I'm doing in order to find myself in his presence totally so yeah I call it map making through a broken heart because like we if we we have to we have to create language for what we're looking for so the entire book is literally just me creating language mm. or wholeheartedness in the midst of the hurt and the, in the midst of like the trauma and the pain that's going on inside of me because that's also what Brene Brown says Brene Brown says like well no this is not what Brene Brown says my friend said this but communication mm. language sharpens the mind um, and the more we sharpen our our mind, the more we are, are are keenly aware of our our need for God. So, like the idea of sharp iron sharpens iron isn't like, you know, the more we study the word, the more we we find God. It's iron sharpens iron. The more we put language to the word, right? The more we wow. find God. And mm. so, like Brene Brown does that. She says, the more we find language, the more we find wholeheartedness. And so, if we make that synonymous to contemplative prayer we can actually find more um more openness to his presence because the reality is god's god lives in where hostility once was wow yeah you know so that's what the book's about (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome how many words or pages are you into now so my my writing process for writing a non-fictional book is write it in my journal because I literally mm-hmm. journal all the time. And so I started, and I have really small handwriting. Like, oh, wow. I don't know if you've uh-huh. seen my handwriting, uh-uh. but it's like smaller than 10, 10 point font. Wow. It's like, it's <laughs> probably, it's probably nine point font. That's um, pretty small. So, yeah. So in my journal, I started on page 58 in my journal and now I'm at page 81. Oh, okay. So that's, that's a good chunk. 20, 22 pages, 23 pages, 23 pages. Nice. No, not 23, sorry. 43 pages. Right. 43? Yeah. 43 pages. Because it's, so I'm, I, they're doubled up. So page 78 or set page let me do math. <laughs> Let me do math. Page 58 is double-sided. So like I don't put like both sides, both pages are page 58. Does that mm. make sense? Mm-hmm. So page 62 is both is, is two pages. So if I do 21, no, 23, I'm at page I have 46 pages total. There we go. 20, yeah. We're good. I did math. I can do that. <laughs> I have 46 pages. Um, and that's not counting double space because I don't do double space or paragraphs. I just like write. Yeah. So we'll see how many words that is when I, when I decide to finish it, when I decide to write it out because I'll also add more words. The first draft. Do you, um, 
personally know people who have gotten books published? Uh, I know, I actually personally, I don't personally know, but I personally know people who are friends with editors mm. for nonfiction. Nice. So I have a, um, I have a connection, but I don't know anybody who's books. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm dumb. I do know one person. Her name's Myra Prine, and she's my mentor's wife. I forgot. She has like she's published like six books. So I cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite the quite the process to get a book published, right? Yeah. But. But it's who's do you have like beta readers in mind? Or people who would read um, it, you know? I do have some beta readers. They'll be because like I'm also praying to God if he wants me to publish it because mm. it's a it's a vulnerable book. <laughs> well, it's currently your journal, so that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, well I'm writing I'm writing the I'm writing in my journal with the intention to publish it or right, right. share it. But now I'm like, ah, do I like this is this is vulnerable. <laughs> but I think I like a lot of a lot of things that I say in my book is like to find freedom, you have to be vulnerable. So, um, right. I don't know. Maybe I will share it. But I have some friends that I want to share it with and like right. beta read. Do you want to beta read it? You want sure. to just? I'm thinking about. I'm also thinking about making it so you know C.S. Lewis in mm -hmm. Mere Christianity. Uh -huh. You know the story behind Mere Christianity. Uh, no. So the story of behind Mere Christianity is uh, C.S. Lewis was asked, or C.S. Lewis, somebody asked C.S. Lewis to um, speak on Christianity during the World War, uh -huh. and so he he went on radio and he had like. He had this, it was like a series of um, who God is in the midst of like mm. our being. And so the book became famous because he's not writing for an audience um, of, of readers. He's writing to an audience of listeners. Oh, interesting. And so we get a different dynamic of writing because his intention is for it to be heard and not for it to be read. Huh. And so that's the model that I took for this book is like, I want this to be heard um, and not read because it's, to me, it feels more personal when it's heard. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to you. I'm not like writing. I'm not telling you something. I'm conveying something. Right. Um, so I'm thinking about po posting it on a podcast and giving myself an alias. That way I don't have to like... <laughs> worry about because a lot of it it has to do with my ex yeah it's it's me it's me healing from my broken heart yeah you know because this is somebody that I wanted to marry right and I'm embarrassed about it yeah um but God wants to, but God God wanted to set me free and part of it is this, this writing process so and I want to see other people free so I feel like embarrassment's one of those things that like it's it's something you have when like you're the only one or you think you're the only one but when it yeah. comes to like a broken heart or you know having somebody that you thought you were gonna marry you know and then like it not working out I feel like that's like 99% of people who are 
alive or at least have tried to, you know, be, be successful. Yeah. Right. In relationships yeah. like that. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely a vulnerable spot to be in, to share, you know, yeah. plus also covering, you know, the ex, right. Like not trying to expose right. her stuff. Yeah. When, when exactly. it's about be you. Right. But exactly. Um, Yeah. I found out yesterday, yesterday, today's Tuesday. No, I found out, I found out at church that she's seeing somebody new. Oh. Yeah, that's a feeling. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think another, I think the reason why I'm embarrassed too is because I never, I like, I judged people who would fall in love like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then I became that person. And so I was like, right. now I'm judging myself. <laughs> right. It worse, for you sure. know, so I'm condemning myself for falling <laughs> in love the way I did. Uh, it's like, because here's the thing here's the thing, Rhonda. I know the patterns <laughs> and I know the habits and I know what people do, right? And I was like, I won't do it, but that's just like my pride prevent, like preventing me from actually like letting it go. And uh, I didn't, I just. And it, it prevented me from maturing in that area. But everybody goes through it. Like, you can know it, but to practice it is another thing. And I think that's probably why I was the way I was. Like, I gave myself so much grace. It's like, I know what it has, I know what it takes, and I just need grace because I'm still learning how to do it. Yeah. You know? So, it is what it is. The next well, one, the next one, it'll be easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting to see somebody, you know, that you dated and then they are in another relationship and it's like, really? Like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Especially if they told yeah. you, like, I'm speaking from experience, especially if they told you, like, I might never get married. Like, I'm sorry. I just can't yeah, do this yeah. right now. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so that was a bunch of crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> my thing, my thing, Rhonda, is like, she's like, I'm just in a place that I'm just in a place where I want to focus my relationship on God. And right. I'm like, Don't play the God oh, card. No. <laughs> I was like, I respect that. <laughs> right. Except now it's like not true. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's wrong. And maybe they did focus on God for a week, but <laughs> seriously, <laughs> it sucks. I mean, yeah. she's a beautiful girl, and like, there's a lot of guys who are looking for uh, a wife. So yeah. Like, it would be really hard for her to not choose somebody. Mm. And it would also be really hard for her to deny the peer pressure from everybody else telling her that she needs to, she should. Yeah. You know? I'm not saying that's the narrative, but I'm saying, like, that's, mm. that wouldn't be, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. You know? A lot of the reasons why she broke up with me is because I didn't honor her story with God. Mm. You know? I wanted her to satisfy certain places in my heart that God that I was still trying to get God to satisfy and and vice versa really yeah so you know 
but I love it. I mean, something I learned. So I'm reading this book on called Loveology. Loveology. You know that book? Huh. Yeah. So um, something I really love here. I'll I'll quote it for you. That way, you know, you can get Mm -hmm. some nuggets. But uh, it's it it was like revelatory for me Hmm. because it, it helped me like it helped me relieve myself of responsibility of the false responsibility and take ownership to the like to the responsibility that I actually want to hold Mm. that makes sense Hmm. so it it says here okay so the friction in a marriage exposes all the places where God is still at work in us and that's a gift not only that, but in the wake of the fall, that's one of the reasons for marriage. Recreation. Re what? Recreation. Oh, recreation. Hmm. The point of marriage isn't to find our missing half, it's to help each other become all that God intended. Our future real selves. In marriage, two people partner to the to that end. They see the best in each other the person God created them to be. And they push and pull each other toward that goal. That's so good. There's, do, but, oh, do get married when you see who God is making somebody to be and it lights you up. Hmm. You want to be part of this, that story of transformation, that journey to the future. When you are well aware, it will be a long and bumpy ride but you don't want to miss one mile because you believe in God's calling on them because you believe in God's calling on them and you want it. This, uh, this chapter is called dismantling the one. Mm. It's, it's the idea like it's, it's the idea that you can't find the person. You can't find the person you want to be with forever. You choose the person Mm. you want to Mm -hmm. be with forever. Mm -hmm. Because you see what God is doing in them. And so there's this desire, like, there's this desire in me to find somebody who, who when I see them, I see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not I see somebody who can give me something. I see somebody who is, is pursuing the same God that I'm pursuing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes me want to pursue him more. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was the revelation. That, actually, that, that quote actually was what made me start writing my book. Oh, okay. the nonfiction. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to write about this. <laughs> it completely restructures re- restructures my entire way of living mm. because I'm no longer looking for somebody to fulfill me, but looking for somebody who is filled in Him. Yeah. So, the book "The Meaning of Marriage" by Tim Keller. I found yeah. that one to be it. It kind of for some reason what you're saying reminds me of that one. It's been a while since I've listened. It's been like two or three years since I've listened to that book, but um, it's an interesting like book on, yeah. Finding somebody who's, you know, it's, it's to make you better, right? Like this person's going to make you better, which, which you don't in your mind before it happens, you're like, Oh yeah, that's great. And then like now living with somebody nonstop, you know, for, well, for, for, for months, right? Then he's 
he's realizing about me oh she doesn't always like to admit that she's wrong like i have a problem (laughs) you know and when you live by yourself i don't i didn't have a problem with admitting i was wrong i was by myself no (laughs) like it didn't matter but now like you know oh somebody left the sprinkler on well i didn't want to admit it was me so then i started arguing (laughs) It's just stupid things where it's like, then you start bringing in all their junk at the same time because you're deflecting, yeah. you know? Yeah. So then it's like, oh, I guess I'm becoming a better person because now I'm getting exposed for my, you know. But when you're, when it's a marriage, when they love you, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, in it's a sense, easier. it's whatever, right? Because this person right. is not leaving. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, wanting you to become your best self. Yeah. And, and then, that's what I love about, go ahead. Well, and being your best self means not having as much pride and selfishness. So, you know, there we're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's why I love about Bernie Brown's Daring Greatly. Because mm-hmm. she, what we find is that there's, if we value boldness, if we value um, bravery, uh-huh. if we value courage, then it actually gives us permission to be seen in the hard places. Hmm. And those hard places are like, you know, are the places of shame, pride. Um, yeah. And, and we need to be met with empathy. And that's what our, our like spouse is supposed to have. Right. Our spouse is supposed to meet us with empathy. Even if it's our spouse that created the hurt, mm-hmm. um, we have, we, we still can control lean on them to give us the antidote right Hmm. um and that's why we chose them we chose them not because they're perfect for us but because we i we want to grow in empathy together we Mm -hmm. want to grow in love we want to grow in understanding and um i really had that with my last relationship Hmm. but it was there's just a lot of growing that we both have to do and yeah um i mean i don't know i just for me another thing i realize is that i don't want to get married or i don't want to be in a relationship until i have i i just have more footing in identity yeah um not even like identity with the father just like job <laughs> right right you know i want to i want a job that i'm like i live for this mm. so Spoken like a true man. <laughs> I had a prayer given to me the other day by a woman. I was telling her about the breakup. Mm-hmm. Uh, she prayed over me and she's like, it is God. It is the woman's job to encourage her husband. Mm-hmm. And it is the man's job to do everything else. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like, that is so extreme. I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. But like, here's the thing, though. The thing is, though, Rhonda, with that, like, I love, I love responsibility. Yeah. Like, and as a man, I feel like men love responsibility. And so, like, even though, like, how accurate that would be, I don't know. But, like, that is, that just sounds like a man. A man does want to have it like wants responsibility yeah right and and like being the encourager doesn't mean like just words right being a encourager as an equal means you're also doing everything else 
you're just following what he is doing in the everything else. Yeah. Um, so you, you're both choosing into it because you chose what he's doing with like, you know, you're partnering with what he's doing and like, it should be vice versa in my opinion, but, um, <laughs> well, yeah. help me in the Bible. And, um, like the first time it's you, is it used with by God for Adam and Eve, or I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, but it's a military term, right? So it's not like this cute little submissive wife. Oh, I'm just going to help you. Like, here's your, <laughs> I bet I packed your lunch. Here's your bologna sandwich. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a literal, like, and I'm, I hope I'm not misquoting, but I believe it's like a military term. Like this is serious stuff and you're yeah. going to die if you don't get the help you need. Right. Yeah. So it's not like I packed your bologna sandwich help. It's right. I'm literally or it's not like a uh, good job. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, you're in the trenches just as much as he is. Right. Exactly. And we got to, you know, we both wear our armor and we both fly our planes and we're both, you know, yeah. bringing in the artillery that we need when well, we need it. Yeah, and, and really what that what, what we're saying is you both have the God, God's presence. Yeah. You both hold God's authority. Mm. So. Yeah. The other day we were, we were stressed out. We were trying to go camping. So we're like trying to like get out of the house, get everything loaded. Like it was just kind of stressful because it's like hot outside thing. You know, we're just trying to pack everything, remember everything. Anyways. So we're hurrying, you know, because the sun's going to go down eventually. we got to get there. And it's like hour or two away. So the um, he, he had put clothes in the washer and it wasn't working. And like the washer was like it, having an error. And it's like one of those stupid smart washers. So it's like not easy to figure out. And so like it's not ringing out the clothes. The door is locked on this washer. It's clothes that he wants to take with him, right? So he's like, just fix it. And he like walked away. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, you better start working. My husband needs his clothes. And like that, that washer started working. Um, <laughs> but like I was not going to have my washer breaking down, you know, because my husband needed help. He needed those clothes. And the door had needed to open (laughs) yeah but it was like one of those things where like okay god i need help (laughs) like i need help because i have to help him and (laughs) you know the three of you together are gonna get those clothes and get you on the road so you can go camping but um it's just funny it's just when we you know if we're if we're you know if we're trying to do everything on our own right things go south and you can try and figure it out on your own, but it's it's more fun if you bring God into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been reading that book. I don't, I just, my, my book collection doubled when I got married, which is one of the perks <laughs> of getting married. Because um, I have all these yeah. books. And then, um, but one of the books I recently picked up was Are We in the Last Days by Tim LaHaye and... Um, Oh, what's it? Jerry Jenkins who wrote, you know, they did the left behind series. Um, yeah. The book's written like in the nineties, I think. So there's a few things that are not still the same, but it's a fascinating book. That's like, gets you thinking about, you know, the rapture and end times and like all these things, events. And like, it really yeah. does like invigorate you to like start living life 
more. Like to me, it's an exciting book. Cause I, you know, I'm a Christian. I know where I'm going. Um, <laughs> I suppose it wouldn't be an exciting book if you were not a Christian, but, um, I don't know, just encouraging Brandon to be like, we are living in the last days and every generation has said that and every generation should say that, right? Mm -hmm. Like there should be things that you're, you know, you really are believing like Jesus could come back or like the rapture could happen at any time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, but I'm I'm excited for the coming weeks and months and I'm excited for your book. Um, (laughs) And I would love to be a beta reader for um, either of them. Yeah, for sure. You could do, I mean, yeah, I'll find <laughs> out. I'll, I'll figure it out. Thank you for, for saying yes to that, though. Oh, uh, yeah. I definitely would like a beta reader. I think my biggest thing with my nonfiction one is I want to honor her. Yeah. And I want to heal. So, like, it, it, I'm writing it for myself. And just right. because I've, I've, I'm, I am a writer. I'm hardwired to be a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a book <laughs> that could yeah. just be only for me. So, right. but I'm really glad for you. It sounds like you're you're thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for your marriage conference. Tell me how that goes. <laughs> Tell, <laughs> eat, eat all the donuts if there's donuts there. <laughs> Is that what they have at marriage conferences? I don't know. I'm just thinking there's going to be a lot of food. I'm going to tell I'm going to come back and tell you all the secrets that like nobody would tell us single people. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of people watching too, which is not why you're supposed yeah, to be yeah. there. You're supposed to be internalizing the good messages. I'm sure that they're oh, no, telling no. you, but uh, people go to conferences to, to, to people watch for sure. I do that. <laughs> oh, no, I go to conventions for that, but same thing oh man it'll be fun i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make some like i'm gonna try and figure out the percentages what what half of this room is on the verge of divorce isn't that terrible wow. um, i'm just kidding um but the weekend to remember is an amazing conference that people's marriages really do get restored so it is Good. it's a testament to you know pointing people to jesus and finding you know restoration um and you know, finding that um, spark of love again in your relationship. So, perfect. But I think they should have marriage conferences for single people. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, Rhonda. I, With I don't want to think about marriage. Like, I want to. This is okay. This is how I think dating as a single male who's young mm. should be like for me. It should be start as friends. And then, and, and have direction. So like know where you're going mm-hmm. and, and then, and then see if you want to bring that friend with you. Yeah. And, and then as you move forward, you know, like get engaged, start a family. But like, yeah. I want to know where I'm going before I start doing anything. Like, I want to bring somebody to, uh, to the garden and I don't want to like find somebody without a garden. Right. Cause then I'm just like, I'm wandering through the world without any purpose. Right. But to find somebody. And that's not good ground. No. That's not a good foundation. Um, how old are you? I'm 27. 27. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I still well, got some time. You got some time. 
I mean, I know what I I know what I want to do. I just I need. Yeah. I <laughs> go ahead. No, I I think I think you're I think you're on the right path, Brandon. I think you're doing great. I just I just hope that having you know a broken heart here or there in the past doesn't you know doesn't um, delay your progress, right? Or doesn't make you bitter just keeps you moving ahead right like I want you to stay encouraged more than anything that like yeah it's a it's a tough road you know um but you know you're um I think you're you're strong and you got a lot of wisdom and and whether or not you write it down for others to read or for yourself to read I think it's it's beneficial for sure to to be reflecting right on all those all those pain points that hopefully can turn into you know victory right um in one way or another thanks you're always you're i'm thankful for our friendship (laughs) our friendship where we've never even met each other i know hey well i'm making enough money where i can start traveling so maybe i'll go to arkansas (laughs) the natural state (laughs) where you i mean are you next to are you next to texas uh yes we're five hours from dallas okay i i I have st louis i have friends um i have friends in in texas and i'm planning on visiting them so maybe i'll visit you at the same time yeah we can meet in the middle or something that'd be fun oh you want to do that i mean i can i have a car now (laughs) i do too I have a car that I can use to like, travel long distance. I, I spent $200 traveling a thousand miles wow. the other day. Yeah. I was like, wow, I can really like, I can really do go places. Like don't wait $200. <laughs> that's a, that's a plane, a plane ticket. Right. Right. No, for sure. If you're out this way, let me know, Brandon, for sure. For sure. For sure. All right, Randall, well, I'm going to let you go. I'm so thankful for you. I hope you'll um, edit this a lot. <laughs> no, why? Oh, you're not going to edit it at all? Yeah, not at all. Oh, okay. That's not how I do it. Pure I just leave it. Gold. It's a pure hour long of just me talking and you listening. <laughs> <laughs> Your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's all right. Well, I love, I love our friendship. I love you. You have a good rest of your day. Delicious. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, let's do this again soon. I hope we can continue to you, you know, stay in, stay in touch, okay? Oh yeah. I'm I'm really good at it. So <laughs> it's been a year and a half and I'm still here. So Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Okay. Bye.